But what about Barcelona? Going to be remembered as one of the more harrowing ordeals of all of their years in Europe's Premier Club competition. Now, Barcelona, you, you may just recall, though, after, after a while, they, they once overcame a 4-0 first-leg deficit that was against Paris Saint-Germain, winning 6-1 in the return fixture. Now, they will know now what it's like to be on the receiving end of an almost implausible result. Well, if the result was a bit confusing, I'm sure that Spanish commentary confused you even more. But all we do is we just recognize and appreciate the work that they do. Uh, let me welcome on the line all the way from the UK, a senior football correspondent uh, for Football Joe, also uh, Premier League Productions, BBC Five Live, The Athletic, Fox Singapore, as well as Sky Sports. Melissa Reddy, good evening. Good evening, Rob. Are you feeling okay today, post all that that happened last night? I am operating off two hours of sleep, uh, which I think tells you how excellently adrenaline works. Uh, It was unexplainable last night, uh, trying to find the words to capture the atmosphere. Even before a ball was kicked at Anfield, um, I don't think there are words that exist to do it justice. And when Origi scored in the seventh minute, you knew everything was possible. And when he got the fourth in the 79th minute, I've never seen a goal celebrated like that at any stadium. And I was there for the 4-3 against Borussia Dortmund, and I can comfortably say that last night eclipsed that. It was expected when I saw the sold-out signs coming up a couple of days before the event itself, uh, that if there's one thing maybe we also lose sight of, you know, people would be like, ah, you got three away from home. How the hell are you going to get back and be in the driving seat or even to equalize, force the game into extra time and possibly penalties? 
but the fans showed that they have a belief. There's just something about this club team uh, that says to people, something special could, might, possibly happen this season. What role do you think they played? Because even after the game, Melissa, they were still there. I don't even know what time they left that venue. Klopp was actually asked post-match, do you think the result would have been the same if this game was played in an empty stadium? You know, like a behind-the-doors kind of vibe. And he said unequivocally, no. Because Liverpool is a club that's a mix of the atmosphere, the emotion, the football quality, the passion. And he's right because the fans set the tone for the performance that was to come from Liverpool yesterday. When the bus arrived at the stadium, it was welcomed with, you know, the red pyro, the swirling scarves, banners being flown. And, you know, from about 15 minutes to kickoff, you could barely hear yourself think inside Anfield. And it was a message from the uh, from the supporters to say, we don't care about what the scoreline was in the first leg. This is Anfield. We've done it before. Remarkable things have uh, have happened here. We believe you guys have it in you to do it. And even if you don't, we still support you. We appreciate what you've done in this campaign. And all the players, when they walk through the next zone afterwards, from Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jordan Henderson, they were all saying that, you know, the plan was to have a fast start. But the crowd, the way it was, that that enabled that fast start. It just gave them that extra bit of impetus that they needed to play so intensely. Everybody focused on who was not there, which is Mo Salah, which is Firmino, which is Keita as well. And everybody thought, well... You know what? Let's show up. Let's let, let's go watch the game in any case. And without those key players, it might be difficult. But just driving away after having done the game and watching the match as well, I thought to myself, maybe that was a blessing in disguise. Because from a tactical perspective, Melissa, you would understand, though, that the Barcelona, the technical staff would have, uh, through the weeks, zoomed into how they play, who are the regular players, how do they shape up, when they are ahead, what do they do, do they drop back or do they push the wingers forward? And not having those three kind of was for me the catalyst towards that victory because they did not know how to mark Enorigi. They did not know, in essence, what to do when the ball got up front because they were not used to maybe Shakiri starting a game. And therefore, that baffled them somewhat. So, blessing in disguise, if you look at it from a tactical perspective. I mean, I don't know. What do you think of that? I think that would be quite lazy from Barcelona, but also not unexpected. Because, you know, they did feel like they just needed a goal. And that felt to them like the easiest thing in the world to come and score, at least one at Anfield. And if you look at their official Twitter accounts, the whole messaging, you know, after the first leg that they put out had it it had this calmness about them, like it's okay, we'll we'll just go there and make it uncomfortable for them by scoring. Uh, they would have known Roberto Firmino wasn't available. That that was obvious uh, from last week already. Mo Salah was concussed over the weekend, so that will have given them time to prepare. They knew he wasn't going to play, and so the obvious. Uh, addition to come in with Devoka Rigi and uh, Jared Shakiri, who are not um, 
alien players in Europe that, you know, people know their, their strengths, all opposition analysis uh, across the world of elite teams will have dossiers on players and it wouldn't have been hard for them to look it up. I think, though, that what actually helped Liverpool was the sense of we've got nothing to lose and players coming in, so the Origis and the Shakiris wanted to show that, hang on, the drop-off from Salah and Firmino is not as deep as as everyone thinks it is. Yes, we're not the same players, we don't have the same skill set, but we have tools that can hurt Barcelona in different ways. Origi, for example, the way he contested every header, the way he used his body positioning to shield the ball, keep possession, he just ran Barcelona ragged and he's He's an unpredictable player, naturally. I don't think he knows what he's going to do next, which makes it um, you know, hard for, for his markers. But what Liverpool had yesterday was an overwhelming desire that Barcelona just couldn't match. And they couldn't match what was to come with the Vildadum coming in. Now... <laughs> I love this comment at the end because he says he was angry with the coach that the coach didn't include him and put him on the bench. Mm. Um, is again, Melissa, for me, a sign, although the stats even before the game would have told you that this is a team that has scored more goals than most in the Premier League, uh, 12 it was then, um, coming off the bench because a bench is that strong and he made that difference. I mean, just the, the power and how he lifted himself up for that header again showed the desire. Yeah, and you know, you want your players to actually be in that frame of mind if they're not starting. You want them to, to feel like they deserve the place in the 11 and that when they get their opportunity, they're going to seize it and prove to you uh, that you made the incorrect choice. I always thought Wijnaldum was going to come on regardless. I thought he would have replaced Shakiri, but the injury to, to Robertson, funny, funnily enough, forced by Luis Suarez. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he comes on and Jimmy Wijnaldum is such a ta- uh, technically and tactically gifted player, can play practically everywhere across the pitch. Uh, I've not seen him in goal yet, but I'm sure if you put him <laughs> in there, he could possibly do a job. Um, and those two minutes that he scores those two goals with, Barcelona were shredded, absolutely shredded. They had no response. And whenever they did, uh, try and attack because in a game that's so open that's so emotional and chaotic there will always be opportunities for a high quality team to create they did that and you know we, we focus on the goals and I've seen a lot of um, analysis on, on Liverpool scoring four but the reason they're in the Champions League final is Alisson he was absolutely phenomenal between the six yeah, I would second that, though. It's the quality of that goalkeeping, because at times we have not been sure what sort of Liverpool defence would show up, uh, given their frailties from time to time. But I wanted to ask you about this youngster, man, Trent Alexander-Arnold. The brain that he has, the ability that he has, you know, Liverpool missed him when uh, Gomez stepped up uh, in the first leg. And just that thought, that mindset in that corner kick to say, well, I move away which threw all the players off, and then he quickly spotted Origi in the box, and he supplied it lightning speed. Tell me what, what makes this player that special. 
A lot of people, when they look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, they think he's just an attacking player with very good delivery. And I think that's the most eye-catching element of him, but that actually does him a disservice. He is incredibly intelligent positionally. Uh, you know, the way he plays on the inside of the midfield, uh, his ability to go on the outside and, and become an outlet. He's reading off where the attackers are going to run into space and, and where he needs to exploit the opposition. He's, it, he makes you forget that he's 20, which is a big credit to him. Uh, at the academy, they've been raving about Trent since he was about 14. He captained Liverpool's youth team. His ambition is to captain the, the football club one day, and, and you actually can see him progress you know, in a few years to become the leader. And Steven Gerrard actually coached him when, when Gerrard was at the academy, uh, did a few sessions with him. Because Trent used to be a midfielder, um, he used to play as the six. And Gerard pinpointed him and said, this kid is going to be absolutely massive for Liverpool. At the time, no one figured that it would be at right back. But then again, that's credit to the player and the academy coaching. Because what they did was they looked at Liverpool's first team and they said, OK, you're the best player we have at the academy. We want to create a pathway for you to get to Liverpool's first team. The area that the squad are lacking in is at right back. Mm. Let's work on teaching you to become a right back. And, you know, now he's one of the best young players in the world and, and certainly one of the top young players in his position. An amazing talent. Let me quickly take a call here from Zagane Abza. Good evening. Rob. Welcome. How's it? <laughs> hey, Melissa. Hello. Guys, but how can you rub this in, into our into our wounds? <laughs> what are we rubbing? Rob, what Rob, are we rubbing? What, what, what a stunning <laughs> comeback. Melissa, you know that you guys are rubbing it into our wounds. I'm a mean, new fan. Guys, really? <laughs> You'll be playing Thursday night <laughs> football, Marawa, my friend. How did you do this? Mr. Marawa, how yes. did you do this last night? <laughs> no, you know what? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter who... <laughs> Who was playing against Barcelona? But to have a comeback like that, I think it's admiring so many different aspects of the game. <laughs> Melissa, how did you sleep? <laughs> I don't you think... guys are rubbing it in the assault. You guys, you played, you played a very, very stunning football. Hey, let me just be honest with you. This is what we, 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 we like in football, when we want to, want to watch a football. Hey? Uh, that was very, very good football. Let me just be honest with you. Uh, I'm a menu for an end. Good luck to Liverpool. Let it take it. Melissa, you rub it to my salt, eh? <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Shabza. All right. Now, you have spoken a number of times, uh, as you do on a regular basis with the coach, Jurgen Klopp. Um, I remember the one time Sir Alec Ferguson also shared his emotional view about what he thinks of uh, coach Jürgen Klopp, and so he had always been an admirer of his when he was playing or coaching uh, in Germany, uh, you know, praising just his whole inclusive involvement of all the players, the big, broad smile uh, that he has half the time, all the time, I'm, I'm sure. And it was indicative in his post-match interview, you know, when he spoke about, yeah, kids have gone to sleep, and he said what he said. Is 
has he brought a dynamic that hasn't been at Anfield for the longest time, Melissa? And I just saw, I mean, they cut to the to the shot where Kenny Douglas and they were sitting and he was up on his feet. He was, you know, singing along with everybody at the venue. What, what magical input has Klopp brought to this team? I think the first place to start is to remember that it was only 47 months ago that Liverpool were losing 6-1 at Stoke. And he came in shortly after that and completely reinvigorated this club in every sort of aspect. Football wasn't enjoyable for Liverpool fans for a long time. 2013-14 was the last time before Klopp's uh, arrival. And he changed that. He made it exhilarating again. You had a team that you could get behind because they were aggressive in possession and without the ball. Uh, he changed the, the doubting. The, the Liverpool used to feel like they would always concede, that they wouldn't get the late winner, so you had people leaving Anfield early. That doesn't happen now. Liverpool do late goals like no other team. They've scored the most late goals in the league this season. Um, he's taught them to be resilient. Usually, if Liverpool suffered a setback, it would be so rehabilitating that the club would wear it for a long time. Whereas, under Klopp, they lost the League Cup final in 2016 on penalties to Manchester City. They responded to that by getting to the Europa League final, which people didn't expect. They lost the Europa League final, but they came back the next season to finish in the top four qualify for the Champions League. Following season, they're in the Champions League, get through the qualifier and get all the way to Kiev to the final. That night against Real Madrid was the most disappointing time of Jurgen Klopp's reign so far. And you wondered, how will Liverpool pick themselves up after this? And what do they do? They give us this season where they're currently on 94 points in the league, the third highest total ever. And they're in the Champions League final again. So how Liverpool react to disappointment now is completely, completely changed under Klopp. What he's also done is created such a massive collective spirit that Liverpool is not about just one individual player anymore. And last night was actually great proof of that. They didn't have Mohamed Salah, they didn't have Roberto Firmino, Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, lost Andy Robertson in the first half, no problem. They'll still win 4-0 against Barcelona in a Champions League semi-final. So I think from that starting point, from that 6-1 at Stoke that I spoke about, to 4-0 against Barcelona with so many of your key attacking players missing, tells you about the difference he's made. Massive difference. Admiral Lungile on Twitter says, I watched Melissa Reddy earlier today on the Premier League Today show. Says, well, I couldn't uh, keep my eyes off her. I hope you're listening as well, Admiral. Uh, let's play a couple of voice notes. Reaction to last night. Uh, good evening, Rob. Uh, Rob, firstly, let me congratulate Liverpool FC for a great job. What they did yesterday is not miracles. It, it has been done before by other teams. Even Barcelona did that. 
numerous time, Robert. Congratulations to Liverpool. At least they deserve something at the end of the season. So I, I hope it's going to be a very good final between Liverpool and Ajax. Uh, lastly, Rob, uh, Barcelona were outplayed, outlast, out everything. Thank you very much, Robert. Amalia, hashtag Kasmail. Yeah, my name is Emmanuel from Amastele. Yeah, man, I is all. Chabulia cool, so do we see a Barcelona Good evening, Rob. I'm usually disappointed by the manner in which the Messi side turned the tables against La Masia. I never expected that result at all previous night. Osmane Dembele is the man who cost us the game. He was teed up by Messi in the first leg of UEFA Champions League and never converted the chance. I'm just wondering how he feels by the results of previous night. Mbazwatanjana in Ghana Okni. I thank you. It looks like people have given the final spot to Ajax. Would you go along with that, Melissa? Sorry? I'm saying a lot of people, I'm following Twitter here, and obviously the last voice note uh, was alluding to the fact that uh, it's a done deal. The final will be contested between Liverpool as well as Ajax Amsterdam. I think last night showed that football, there's no such thing as done deals or certainties or this is definitely, definitely going to happen. Uh, Tottenham 100% watched that game last night, would have been encouraged by it, would have been in inspired by it and would have felt if Liverpool can overturn a 3-0 deficit against Barcelona that they have the capability to overturn a 1-0 deficit at Ajax. Ajax's home record is not as good as their away form in Europe and um, Tottenham as well. They've got a similar quality to Liverpool in that they're quite a resilient side. They don't know when they're beaten, when they're done. They don't give up. So it'll be interesting to see what they produce. I think they've already spent themselves this season. You know, they, they've pushed beyond all their, their boundaries. And the fact that they're in the Champions League semi-final in itself is such a great achievement by Pochettino. But he'll, he'll, he's so close to that final. Uh, and I think he'll muster everything that they have to get over the line. Well, with everything being said and done, Klopp was talking about three games in six days, but a bigger weekend lies ahead for Liverpool, and we'll wait and see what happens uh, on final match day. I don't know what your thinking is. I'll take that as a final thought from you. Uh, you know, I don't know, Brighton Hove, El- Albion, you got friends there? Can they do the job? Or can Liverpool <laughs> allow it to crumble? Strange things happen in football, but... Given the way Liverpool and City have performed in recent months, I don't think anyone should be putting money on them, not you know, winning on, on the final day. That said, there's not actually been a lot of drama in this title race. It's been a supreme battle with both clubs, you know, unrelenting. 
but we haven't really seen many twists and turns, and it would be quite poetic if there was one on the final day. Melissa, as always, Oda, thank you so much indeed uh, for coming through. And, uh, yeah, I think South Africans watched the game sheer disbelief. And I'm, I'm glad that we were able to chat to you. And the singing at the end of the game really made all of us stand by and say, my goodness. I don't know if you sang the song as well when they in full flight. I was, I was still in shock. <laughs> Thank you so much, Melissa. Everything of the best and keep up the good work. That's out of the world. It's a pleasure. Enjoy the game tonight, everyone, and the final Premier League day. Thanks so much, Melissa Reddy, the senior football correspondent uh, for Football Joe, plus uh, uh, the Premier League Productions, BBC Five Live, The Athletic, Fox Singapore, Sky Sports. That's a busy woman. Whoa!